Welcome to the St. Michael Fall podcast series. My name is Bob Johnston, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is discipleship. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from Luke 10, 25-37. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan while traveling came near, And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Here ends the reading. In Henry Nouwen's Finding My Way Home, he tells the story of a rabbi. The rabbi asked his students, How can we determine the hour of dawn when the night ends and the day begins? One of the rabbi's students suggested, When from a distance you can distinguish between a dog and a sheep. No was the answer of the rabbi. Is it when one can distinguish between a fig tree and a grapevine? Asked a second student. No, said the rabbi. Please tell us the answer then, said the students. It is then, said the wise teacher, when you can look into the face of another human being and you have enough light in you to recognize your brother or your sister. Until then, it is night and darkness is still with us. This story in many ways summarizes a mystery at the heart of the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable begins with a lawyer who seeks to test Jesus. He asks, what does it take to have eternal life? The lawyer is invited to answer it and does so. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. The commandment to love leads to eternal life. The lawyer takes it further in terms of causation and wants to know to whom the command applies. As Raymond Brown, the New Testament scholar, says, he's told that one can define only the subject of love, not the object. To get that across, Jesus uses a parable. He uses a story. In it, a man is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and is attacked by a band of robbers. Stripped and left for dead, The man is ignored by the first two people that pass by him, a priest and a Levite. 
until a Samaritan comes. The Samaritans were considered less than the priest and the Levite. The Samaritan not only cleans the poor man's wounds, but takes him to an inn or hotel where he pays for him to be nursed back to health until the Samaritan returns. Jesus concludes a parable by telling the young man to go and do likewise. Though we easily and often assume that the point of the gospel is to teach us that the man by the side of the road is a neighbor to be loved, we are not told so. Instead of saying at the end of the lesson that the man fallen among the robbers is our neighbor, Jesus asks a question of his own to the young lawyer. What do you think? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go do the same. When does night turn to day, asked the rabbi. Not when we have enough light to distinguish clearly things outside of us, he told the students, but when we have enough light within to recognize our brothers and sisters. The point of the parable of the Good Samaritan is not about determining who is a neighbor or who is to be the subject of love. It teaches the notion of becoming neighbors to one another. Who was a neighbor? asked Christ. How hard it is to be a neighbor and love a neighbor. Perhaps the darkness impairs us. We do not have enough light to see our brother or sister. When does dawn come? When we have enough light within to see our brothers and sisters. Until then, it is night. Some of the early Christians had an interesting take on this parable. Under this one view, they read the parable of the Good Samaritan not in the first instance as an exhortation to good deeds, but as an account of the healing we require so that we may see and love our brothers and sisters. For those early Christians, the parable of the Good Samaritan is not a story of simply any good person helping a suffering man. It's rather the story of Jesus helping us. It's a story about the universal problem of human alienation from God and each other. Jesus begins the lesson, for example, by telling us that a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. In the scriptures, both of these cities had a kind of symbolic function that Jesus' disciples would have recognized. Jerusalem is the city of peace, of paradise, an image of heavenly life, of Eden. Jericho represents a place of exile. The story begins by evoking not simply one man's journey, but the journey of the entire human family from a place of peace to a place of exile. It is on the road that a man is attacked by robbers. And for some of the earliest Christians, these robbers were not simply thugs out to steal money from an unsuspecting traveler, but rather, for these Christians, the robbers were understood to be works of the flesh, such things as anger, envy, jealousy, fornication, and so on, the kinds of things you read about in Galatians 5. For what truly robs us of life, they understood, are not the things done to us in this world, but the things done in us. Left for dead, the man is passed by a priest and a Levite before finally the Samaritan comes, who is Christ himself. He binds up the wounds. He places the man on his own animal. In all of this, the early Christians saw nothing less than Jesus carrying on himself on the animal of his body, our burdens, our weaknesses, our frailty, carrying it all 
so as to heal it on the cross. And finally, he's brought to the end, an image of the church, where humans can stay and convalesce until Christ returns. In this view, the parable teaches us of God's love for us and goodness towards us. In another view, it teaches us about becoming neighbors and loving. The first is needed for the second. To be neighbors one to another and to love deeply, we must first be cared for by another. To love, we must be loved. For it is only in the light of our being loved, perfectly by Christ, that we can have the freedom to give ourselves in love to another, to give and not count the cost. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you love us and that you call us to light. We pray that you would strengthen the light within us, that we may recognize our brothers and our sisters in humanity, that we may love them as our neighbor and lean into what it means to be neighbors to one another. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers, which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.